Today's episode is brought to you by Audible. Get your free audiobook by going to audibletrial.com slash Lutheran Cartographer. The Lutheran Cartographer, Episode 7. Alrighty, welcome to the Lutheran Cartographer. We're joined today by Pastor Oliphant from the Chicago suburbs. Tell us a little bit about yourself, how you ended up in Chicago, and how it compares to some of the other places you've been. All right. Um, so I was born in Houston, Texas, uh, and we lived there the first couple of years of my life. Uh, then work took my family up to northern Oklahoma to a town called Ponca City. And after living there for about five years, we moved down to Dallas, um, back to Texas, and went to a Lutheran elementary school there uh, in the north suburbs of Dallas in Plano. And then uh, just before I started eighth grade, we moved out to New Mexico, to rural New Mexico, about a, a town about a half an hour east of Albuquerque called Edgewood. Uh, and then we lived there, and I was in New Mexico all through high school and college. Then after college, moved up to Fort Wayne, Indiana to go to seminary, uh, Concordia Theological Seminary. And then after that, I was, uh, my first call, I was placed in a town called uh, North, uh, North Plato, uh, St. Peter's Lutheran Church, North Plato. And that's uh, in Northern Illinois, about an hour west of Chicago. And I was there for over a little over four years. And then I received a call to serve Redeemer here in Elmhurst. And I came here uh, about four years ago, uh, just over four years ago. Uh, October 14th is my anniversary here. Uh, and so I, uh, I, I just, I, I came here, you know, through the process of, um, you know, you live in the area, so you get to know people. And then when there's a vacancy, somebody, somebody knows somebody who knows somebody and the names get passed along for who would be a good candidate and that was how i ended up at redeemer good deal so you've lived a wide range of places what would you say how would you compare and contrast the chicago area with some of those other places in terms of some of the the good things in terms of comparing them with other places you know i really like chicago it's um it's a great area. I, I don't live in the city proper, but we're about a 20 minute train ride from downtown. So I can be there in no time at all. Always something to do. It doesn't matter the time of year. Um, there's always something going on because we have hard winters. Uh, they know how to deal with them. And so you can uh, stay inside or you can go and check out and see all the various things they have going all over the city during the winter. Uh, and then, of course, in the summer, I think there's a festival or some kind of event every weekend between Memorial Day and Labor Day somewhere in one of the neighborhoods. So there's always something going on. Um, and usually it's it's pretty well done, too. Uh, of course, we have magnificent museums. There's uh, the Art Institute downtown. There's the museums, Museum of Science and Industry. It's very, um, very child-oriented for a kind of STEM learning. Uh, the field the field museum of course is famous as well as a natural history museum so um just tons of things like that to do all over the place um i mentioned the winters the winters here are definitely the hardest winters i think i've ever had in my life so <laughs> that was that was wow, harder big, than indiana uh, even yeah that was a big adjustment coming from texas oklahoma and new mexico in New Mexico, we lived at elevation, so we had snow, but we just didn't have this uh, bone-crunching cold 
um, that grips here. It, we had the polar vortex set in a couple of days up here last winter, and I think it was uh, negative 50-something wind chill or something. It was uh, So there are some things that have taken a little bit of getting used to. Uh, but, you know, any place you live, there's going to be something that's uh, something that you enjoy and something that you enjoy a little bit less. So That's true. So to sum up what you just said, so really one of the neat things for you about Chicago is that opportunity to do all these different activities as the time allows and also yeah. all these neat act, neat places to go. You mentioned the museums. Is that a pretty good sum up of what you just said? Yeah, it's just uh, a lot of opportunities that, that I don't think I've had in other places that I've lived, whether it's, you know, the what's going on with different foods from different nationalities or arts and culture it's just there's always there's something for just about everybody that's really neat could you give us a concrete example of something that you've had the opportunity to do recently that you might not have been able to do in another place um you know i actually i hold a membership at the at the art institute so i can come and go there as i want without you know paying the without paying the entrance fee every time uh and so you know they they will have exhibits from all over the world from world famous museums in Europe or from they borrow from some of the other museums in the United States and so they'll have all sorts of exhibits going on I think right now they have uh, Andy Warhol exhibit that just opened up unfortunately it was busy that weekend so I couldn't go to the the member opening weekend where it's a little bit smaller crowd um, but it yeah so things like that are you know if you if you feel like trying out Ethiopian food you can find an Ethiopian restaurant pretty easily. So you can, you can, uh, it's, it's just as easy as Googling it. And then it usually it's within a, a, either it's right on a train line or it's within a reasonable Uber fare. So. Good deal. You mentioned that there are places with any place you go, there are good things and there are some not so good things. What are some things about the Chicago area that are that not so great part? Well, you know, one of the things that Chicago is kind of famous for is its crime. Yeah. Um, so that's definitely there are there are areas in the city <clears throat> that are pretty that can are very high crime and can be pretty dangerous. Of course, it's not the entire city there. It, it usually gets isolated into into areas. Um, so that that's one of the things that you kind of want to just keep an eye open for and make sure that you're uh, if it's something you're, you don't feel like you're prepared to go to, then than to make sure you don't head that way. Um, so, I mean, there's that. I mentioned the winners. Um, the traffic, of course, the traffic is is uh, pretty challenging, but usually you can bypass that on the train. Um, so there, there are a, a few things that come with just being in a big city uh, where there are a lot of people trying to get somewhere or do something, um, and then everybody kind of gets in each other's way at some point. Um, and so that can lead to, to various problems. Yeah, that you often, like you said, those are a lot of problems that you see in many big cities. Uh, are there any things that you especially think are unique to Chicago that you don't like as much? Uh, yes. I mean, as far as just places that I've lived, there, you know, another thing you hear about is Chicago politics, the the level of the high level of corruption that goes very high up um, within the government, and uh, and everybody just it, it seems like most of the folks 
that have been around here for a long time have just gotten so accustomed to it that it's kind of lost its shock value until you come in as an outsider and you're just amazed that you're just amazed that so many people are indifferent to such vast levels of uh, of corruption, and so that's that's another thing. And you know, after a while, you learn to make jokes about it too. And um, so it's that's something that I found that's pretty unique to hear. Okay, does that affect the day to day much in terms of the operation of uh, your church or your personal life? Uh, no, not so much for me. Um, since I, I don't live in Chicago proper and my congregation is also in the suburbs, uh, it doesn't affect us as much. Each of the suburbs have their own local governments. And so they're, they have a, a, a large degree of uh, control over things like that. And usually when you're in a, a smaller community, community, like one of the villages or the suburbs here, uh, that kind of thing does get noticed and people do react to it the way that you would expect them to. Okay, I see. Now, the crime problem that you talked about just a little bit ago, do you see that much out in the suburbs or is that mainly in the city proper? It's mainly in the city proper. You do see it in a handful of the suburbs. Um, you can kind of, you can divide the suburbs usually by where the freeways go. So you have an inner ring, you have the inner ring suburbs that are right next to the city. And sometimes you see, uh, you know, the, the crime overflowing into that. And then you have the, the outer ring suburbs. Uh, we are right on one of the freeways, and so we're—I don't know—maybe we're like middle ring. I'm not—I'm not sure if that even exists in most people's differentiation. But so the best uh, of both worlds, or the worst of both worlds. <laughs> right, but I, I mean, Elmhurst is—it's a very—the town that I that I serve in is a, a very family-oriented town. Um, the, the last time I saw some demographics on it, over a fourth of the population of this town is. 18 or under the school the school district in Elmhurst is pretty widely renowned as being one of the top in the state and it's uh, they're very everything that is done by the local government here is is done with an eye toward keeping Elmhurst as the type of place you would want to raise a family that's really good to hear say a little bit more about the raising the family in Elmhurst what what has been the observations of your parishioners in terms of what it's like raising a family there or things that they've seen? Yeah, a lot of people that I know, um, so I, I am single and don't have any children, but I, I have a lot of parishioners that do. Uh, and a lot of the people that do live in Elmhurst proper, which is a, I mean, just bluntly put, it's a very expensive town to live in. But the folks who do stick around in Elmhurst city limits, they stick around for things like the school district, for the various opportunities, uh, for the, the sports leagues and the parks and things like that that um, that come with living you know, within the within the city limits of Elmhurst, and so I, I have noticed that it, it tends to uh, keep everybody running everywhere all the time. Um, there's a because everything is family oriented. There's a big push toward have having everybody in sports and dance and all sort of all sorts of various activities that can that can pretty easily lead to what I would consider to be overscheduling. That's kind of a, that's, that's a problem that you'll find in a lot of different places now. I remember when I, when I was in high school, um, the school district in rural New Mexico kind of said, they said, 
well, we really won't have anything planned on Wednesday nights because we know that that's church night for a lot of families or they have some sort of education night at their churches. And so it was set aside. You would never hear of anything like that around here now. Every every night, every weekend is booked with something. And so um, so that I guess that is the the flip side of the coin where everything is geared toward uh, being very family oriented. Um, you're going to you're going to start to run into time issues. I see. And kind of going back to what you were saying earlier about there being so many opportunities to do great things in the Chicago area, that also yeah. comes with the flip side of everybody's booked up and you have to be very intentional about making time for church and important things yes. in life, right? Yes, absolutely. Okay. So let's transition a bit to, since this is a podcast about Luther, the Lutheran cartographer talking about what it's like being Lutheran in diff different areas of the country, what would you say it's like being a Lutheran in the Chicago area? Chicago historically has been a, a strongly Lutheran city. I know that because of, because of the various immigrant populations that made up the city early on, that it was heavily Roman Catholic, but Lutherans definitely have had a big impact in Chicago. Um, and so there's just, there are tons of congregations. Um, you know, the, in the LCMS, we have the different geographic districts. I'm, I'm non-geographic now, I'm English district, but we do have the, the geographic districts. And the state of Illinois has so many Lutheran congregations within the state that it has to be divided into Northern Illinois, Central Illinois, and Southern Illinois. Northern Illinois is pretty much Chicago going west all the way out to Rockford. And the reason why they had to divide it was because there's so many congregations here. There are a lot of Lutherans. Uh, you definitely can, uh, you can find a good circle to, to talk with. I have a, a good circle of Lutheran pastors that I spend time with at least monthly um, so that we can kind of hang out, compare notes, and also just have some good social time too. So you do have a lot of them. Uh, because there are so many Lutheran congregations, that means that there are also a large number of Lutheran schools as well. Um, so scattered kind of throughout the suburbs and even in the city, you have a couple too. Uh, you have everything ranging from preschools all the way up to high schools. And then of course, Concordia University of Chicago is in River Forest. So that's our own LCMS college locally here. Uh, and so you, you do have a, a strong, because Lutherans did have, uh, because there were so many of them within the, in the greater Chicago area, um, you still can see footprints of that. Of course, you know, with, with church attendance declining across the board in every denomination, you don't see it like you did back in the 50s, 60s, and 70s, but you still can kind of see the footprints that, that Lutherans left in, in the Chicago area, just with the infrastructure that still exists and, uh, and just the, the number of folks that come, it casually comes up in conversation. Oh, I'm a Lutheran too. So, yeah. Neat. So it sounds like there's really a good community there for people to step into if they are coming in from other places. Yes, and that was something that I found when I when I was first ordained and I was in the Northern Illinois district. It was a it was a very easy time kind of getting to know people and you know a lot of pastors don't serve where they grew up and so there's that understanding that you know if you moved here for work or for whatever reason uh, that that everybody came from somewhere but we all have this we all have this great thing in common that we that we uh, that we believe the same things. Absolutely. Let's take a moment to thank our sponsor, 
If you're listening to this podcast on a device, you know the power of having audio on the go, whether it's running errands, doing chores. Audible wants to bring the power of audio to you with books. And right now, you can go get a free book through Audible to try out their service. You can go to audibletrial.com slash Lutheran Cartographer and check out their wide array of books. I'd recommend checking out Luther's Table Talk. You can get it for free with this trial offer and you can listen to seven hours of the wit and wisdom of Martin Luther. But if Table Talk isn't to your taste, you can try something else out. They have a huge audio catalog to choose from. So go to audibletrial.com slash Lutheran Cartographer to check out that free trial. So let's transition a bit to one of the things that I really look forward to in the podcast, and that is asking you about hidden gems in your area, places to eat or things to do or things to see that you'd really recommend that anybody visiting or traveling there should definitely do. You know, one thing I think that I know that that Chicago is famous for it, but I don't think it's famous enough for it is the architecture. Uh, one of the best things that I've done in the city was when my my family came up to visit. We took the we took the the river architecture tour, where we're on the Chicago River downtown, and you see all of these buildings that you've never seen them from that angle because normally you're walking down the street or you're driving down the street, and so you see them on the, the side that was presented that, but but a lot of the buildings were designed also to be observed from the river. And so you have everything from classical, neoclassical, modern, postmodern, you have all sorts of these just terrific buildings and they're built to complement each other. That's one of the other, uh, one of the other unique things that you pick up when you're on this tour is the guides will say, and so this building was designed to mirror the one that's just across that big open space. Uh, and so, so you get the context see, kind of. Yeah, so you're able to see how everything kind of has influenced. And then of course, they will talk about historically how the, the Chicago fire um, changed everything and how this building survived, but then it was revamped. And so, you, it, I mean, just look at the, I think that that was a really good overview both of the history of the area, and then also kind of how it's this continually developing city that uh, that really has had this emphasis on on you know being a feast for the eyes. Nice. Any places that you'd recommend to to eat? Oh yes. Um, for the, I think the best Chicago style pizza, which is a must for any visitors. Um, uh, to go to Pequod's, Pequod's. Uh, that's okay. that's in the city. Uh, it's on the on the north side of the city. Um, so go to Pequod's, and then since you're headed that way anyway, just jump back on the train and head up to Wrigley Field and enjoy Wrigleyville. Um, so yeah, I mean, uh, I would say that that's a restaurant that you definitely have to visit. Um, and then of course, go to Greek Town, get some gyros in Greek Town. Um, you can go to any of the any of the neighborhoods and. Uh, any of the neighborhoods that were specifically influenced by different immigrant immigrant groups that came in and, uh, and definitely enjoy that. Cause uh, I mean, it, great Italian food, great Greek food, everything. Nice. Any other things that you'd recommend doing or seeing? 
Oh, there are a lot of sports teams here. So any sports fans, you definitely there will always be a game, no matter what time of year you, what no matter what time of year you come here, there will always be a game going on. And um, and I think you know sports, the Chicago sports teams have this great advantage of having an extremely passionate fan base, which makes being present at the stadiums just a lot of fun. Okay, so I'm going to show my ignorance of Chicago sports right now, but bear with me. So we've got the White Sox, the Cubs, the Bears for football and baseball. Mm-hmm. What what else is there in terms basketball, hockey? I I don't know the I don't know the teams. Right. So basketball, we've got the Bulls. Okay. Oh, um, of course. Yeah. <laughs> How could I forget that? <laughs> uh, and then hockey is the Blackhawks. Okay. Um, the Bulls and the Blackhawks actually play in the same space um, at United Center. And so depending on what day, it might be iced over or it might be wood. So they, um, And that actually is a pretty interesting process in itself, kind of watching how they transition the, the, the same playing space for those two very different sports. And then, of course, uh, for soccer fans, there's a Chicago Fire. All right. Let's talk a little bit about advice or thoughts for people who are thinking about moving to Chicago. What sort of people do you think Chicago would suit them well? And what kind of advice would you have for people that are thinking about moving to to the area? Well, I would I'd advise people to, to pay very close attention to the areas that they're moving to. Um, you know, the suburbs are, are each one is is very different both as far as cost of living goes um, some of the suburbs are very expensive some of them are less expensive the property taxes vary wildly between them um, and so to, to pay close attention to kind of the hidden costs that'll be that'll be there um, not just the the market uh, market value of the house that it, it's definitely built for folks who who don't mind either braving traffic or jumping on a train and spending uh, you know anywhere between 20 minutes and an hour to go and see a bunch of stuff. Um, so there, you have to have a little bit of patience, but for those who do have patience to, uh, to kind of wait and see what will be revealed, um, it, there's, a, there's a lot of reward in that. Um, so those, are, those would be probably the two biggest pieces of advice that I would give. All right. So now let's talk about some of the stereotypes that people might have about Chicago. And if we've, I think we've addressed some of this already, but if you'd be willing to just really quickly, or if you wish to take longer, just say, yes, that's true. No, that isn't true. And if you'd like to elaborate, you're more than welcome to. So let's start with Chicago is cold and windy. Yes, that is true. Um, It is cold. Um, it's not as windy as folks would think with the nickname being the Windy City. I actually had heard that the nickname the Windy City didn't come from the weather. That I heard that it came from the politicians. Ah, all that hot air. And that they, and that they'll, that they used to just blow with the wind. Ah, I see. Yeah. Okay. Um, so I don't know if that's true or not. I haven't actually done any research into that, but I, I had, I had heard that actually long before I moved here. Um, but yeah, it is cold and windy. Um, we are having an unusually cold beginning of November right now, we had record snow on October, but again, because it was record snow, it was unusual. Um, so we had that, you know, on October 31st. Um, so it was the very tail end of October, but it was still too early for my taste. So yes, it is cold and windy during the winter. 
and even the spring, but I think the summers and the falls here are just outstanding, just absolutely perfect. It doesn't get sweltering hot uh, like other places that I've lived. Um, I can go outside and not feel like I'm about to just burst into flame. <laughs> yeah. Um, and then, of course, the uh, the falls here. I this fall was an an exceptionally beautiful one with the with the tree colors. Um, but we always do have beautiful falls, uh, beautiful autumns here. And you can go out to Cantini Park or you can go to the Arboretum. That's even a little bit further west of me um, in the suburbs here. And just just kind of take in what autumn looks, what autumn, what, when you picture like a postcard autumn, that's what you'll, that's what you'll find here. Um, so it's, uh, yeah, it, it is cold um, during the cold seasons. But during the other seasons, it's really nice. All right. So the summers are worth living, and the autumns are worth living through that hard winter then. Yes, which is why a few of my parishioners, you know, the 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 snowbirds will move down to Florida during the winter and early spring, and then they'll, they're usually back in time for Easter. But, yeah, I don't blame them one bit. All right. They did their time. Next stereotype. Chicago politicians are corrupt. Um, you know, of course, not all of them, um, and it, it's not just limited to Chicago. The, uh, the the state governors also have their fair level of corruption too. So. Right. <laughs> yeah, um, yeah, I would say that uh, in general, that's kind of what I found to be true. Okay. And like we talked about earlier, it might not affect uh, one's day to day life much, but it definitely is something that's an annoyance at best. Yes. All right. Okay. One of the things that people see in other areas of the country is a problem with homelessness. Is that in in cities? Uh, is that something that Chicago deals with? With I mean, with it being so cold in the winter, is that really something that you guys see much of? Um, we do see some of it um, in the summers. Uh, it's it's not nearly as pronounced as other places that I've been to. Uh, places that I visited. Um, uh, I mean, you're from the Pacific Northwest, and so you have a very good idea of kind of what the the situation looks like in Seattle. But so yeah, I think that the winters kind of do discourage anybody kind of permanently setting up any kind of um, homeless encampments. You do see it in the in the warmer seasons, um, as you'll find in almost any major city. Uh, but I, I can't say that I've seen it as pronounced as other places that I visited. Now, I will say, though, um, that one thing that that I learned after I became a pastor here is that in Chicago proper, there's, an, there's a very high rate of um, various kinds of mental illness. Oh. And that, and I mean that, that extends not only to to the homeless population, but that does extend to uh, to to other areas too. I I won't pretend to have a a reason for why, but that is something that I that I learned after I was ordained and uh, and started working with with folks. And almost everybody knows somebody in the city who has some kind of um, you know debilitating problem. Mm. Okay. All right. So now as we start to close out the podcast, I want to make sure to give you the floor and the opportunity to tell us about any things that you'd like to point our listeners to, whether it's your church website, 
places they can follow your work online, things like that? Our, our church website is um, Redeemer Elmhurst or Redeemer of Elmhurst. I probably should have that thing memorized. Um, but if you just if you look up Redeemer Lutheran Church, Elmhurst, Illinois, you'll find it. Um, and if, if you do take the time to look, you'll see what I think is some of the most beautiful stained glass in the entire Missouri Synod. Um, and so you'll find uh, some great church art. Uh, there's something that was a, that's was been a long focus of the congregation here is to, to really just have a, a beautiful space um, and enriched services with, uh, with terrific music. And you'll find that in a number of congregations here. Um, there, I think that the, the Lutheran presence in Chicago, as Lutherans typically do, is it's a very quiet but very profound effect on areas where they are. Um, that there's something that actually changes in the fabric of the area whenever Lutherans are as enmeshed and when they have such deep roots. And so you can you can find those you can still find those influences here. You can still find the echoes of them, um, whether it's just in the beautiful church buildings or the robust Lutheran education that's found throughout the area. Um, but you can you can definitely find that this is an area where people who believe that we are saved uh, by grace alone receive through faith alone, that there's been an influence in that. That's really good to hear. Thank you again for your time. Any parting thoughts for our listeners? You know, it's a big world, and you can find Lutherans just about anywhere. So uh, take the time and explore and meet them. All right. Sounds good. Thank you again, Pastor Oliphant. God's peace to you. All right. Thank you. I'm with you. Thanks for listening to The Lutheran Cartographer. For more information about the things we talked about today, check out the show notes page at lutherancartographer.com slash seven. If you enjoyed the podcast, I encourage you to take a moment to rate and review us on iTunes. That way more people see the show and can listen to it. And last, if you'd like to check out that Audible offer, you can do so at audibletrial.com slash Lutheran Cartographer. I'm Nicholas Weber. Thanks for listening. Talk to you soon. Thank you.